Welcome to ICUP with we. In the name of science, discovery, knowledge, and understanding, this is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Shaggy Two Dope's 2017 solo album, Fuck the Fuck Off Motherfucker. I like how happy you said that. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded it sounded joyful, and and I think it sounded joyful because I'm about to be munching on some nuts, some donuts. Uh, <laughs> That's not a good abbreviation for donuts. You know, you know, like I mean, munching on dough just sounds like I'm eating raw dough of of some kind. Well, munching on nuts does not sound better. Yeah, I mean, I could see where somebody might possibly be able to twist that. <laughs> To be something else. <laughs> Hello, Maybe. everybody, and welcome to ICUP with Lee. If you're here for the first time, or if you're here for the second time, or third, or fourth, or forty-seventh, I'm just gonna welcome you at this point because I am not allowed to do the welcome back bit anymore. Banned. You are banned. Who? Who? Who is that voice that's talking? Let's get into that. Who is any voice? A voice is a unique part of everybody's persona. And this said voice is no different. You may know him if you listen to the intro. He said his own name, but it'd be rude if I didn't introduce him because he is the co-host with the co-most. Let's talk about co-hosting for a second. This is somebody that decides to get together with me and do this podcast. He does more than his fair share of the work for it. And for that, I'm 100% forever appreciative of him. Eric, Eric, how you doing? Well, I thought that banning you from doing the welcome back intro might abbreviate it, but you definitely found a way to stretch that out. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it, it was a struggle to stretch out the intro a little bit, but I think I think I got it. I, think I was you did. I was I was worried the show was going to go too fast if I didn't stretch it out. I was worried oh, yeah. we didn't there's have not, enough to talk, to talk about today. About today. <laughs> yeah, this is a minimal show, so yeah, Eric, how are you? I'm doing okay. I just had some donuts, so how Mm. bad can I be? How about you? Munched on some nuts. Uh, I actually have donuts (laughs) coming. I munched on some nuts, and you have some nuts coming? I've got got nuts coming, and they're going straight into my mouth. I'll tell you that much. Hell yeah. I think abbreviating donuts to nuts is not... not, uh, Actually, no, it's perfect. I take it back. That's amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think that abbreviation uh, isn't confusing at all. No, could, not could to anybody. Could be construed to possibly be meaning anything else. Oh, what could it mean? Exactly, listeners. You tell me. You know what? I'll I'll do you one better. If you can think of one thing that a nuts as the abbreviation of donuts could be, send us a picture of them on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, and hopefully we're going to get pictures of like peanuts and walnuts. And I mean, stuff. yeah, I'm seeing like walnuts, peanuts. I mean, even some yeah. donut pictures as well. I, I'm down to look at some nuts. <laughs> it's, hey, it's it's Sunday morning. Send us pictures of your nuts. 
donuts. Uh, and make sure you go nuts while taking the photos. We're becoming a donut podcast now because I have donuts being delivered in approximately like three minutes. Oh my God. It's amazing. Man, I could go for like a peanut butter and jelly. Sounds good. Maybe you should get a peanut butter donut. Ooh, peanut butter. You, you know, it's fun. Uh, actually, now that you're talking about weird donuts. What? Dunkin' Donuts for a limited time had a ghost pepper donut. Oh, weird. I don't know if I would um, like that. I tried it. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. There was like a hint of spice at the end of it, but it still was overall like a donut. Weird. Yeah, it was actually pretty fucking good. Speaking of weird things, I was at the grocery store last night and I walked past a cereal and you know Reese's Puff cereal? Yes. Peanut butter chocolate flavor. Right. Now they're called Lil Yachty's Reese's Puffs and there's a picture of Lil Yachty on them. Are you kidding me? No, that's real. That's hilarious. That's amazing. I need to go find that. Yeah, I was looking at it and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I mean, everybody dreams of, first of all, Genie, but also being on like a Wheaties box. Right. Growing up as like a sports icon. But Lil Yachty's like, nah, fuck Wheaties. They're disgusting as shit. I want Reese's Puffs. Hell yeah. If you could be on the, on any cereal box and it just said, uh, gristle. Oh man. Gristles, whatever cereal people would be like, gristle. What? I picked up a new box yesterday. They're sitting right next to me because I was eating cereal while I was uh, while I was editing videos late last night. Yeah. All of a sudden, I uh, accidentally ate like ninety percent of the whole box. I just I ran out of milk in my bowl. That's probably the only reason I didn't finish the entire box. Peanut butter crunch. Oh, I thought for sure you were gonna say Lucky Charms. Nah, straight up peanut butter crunch. Wow. Uh, I love me some Lucky Charms. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we've talked about my love for Lucky Charms before, but peanut butter crunch is so good to me. And my wife is allergic to peanut butter, so I know I, for a fact I can have a whole box to myself and her not be, oh, you didn't leave me any? What The box would just say Cap'n Gristles peanut butter crunch. Cap'n Gristles peanut butter crunch, yes. Yes. Replace my face on the, uh, the Captain Crunch's face. Oh, yeah. Guys... We've talked donuts. We've talked sending us photos of your nuts. Donuts. Obviously, abbreviation for donuts. Right. We've talked about other food. There's one thing we have not talked about yet, though, that we do need to talk about. And that is? Some music that was released in 2017, because that's the year that we're on, baby. That's true. That's true. We've made it to 2017 four years ago. Crazy. Just crazy. Uh, here's some of the popular singles that came out that year in 2017. Kendrick Lamar released a song called Humble. Cardi B released Bodak Yellow, which I'm a big fan of. That's a pretty hard track. DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo, and Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne. This is featuring everybody. This is DJ Khaled featuring uh, all the people. Had a song called I'm the One. Post Malone featuring 21 Savage had a song called Rockstar. Yes, he did. Lil Pump had a song called Gucci Gang 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 Gang. Ed Sheeran had a song called Shape of You. Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber released Despacito, which is, I've seen the name of that song, 
about 10 billion times. I don't think I've ever heard the song, though. I am not fluent in Spanish, or else I would sing it for you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it a handful of times, but that the name of that song had become like a pretty big meme. Yes. Taylor Swift released Look What You Made Me Do. You made Taylor Swift do something. Look at what you made her do. Not going to lie, Taylor, kind of gaslighty. Yeah, right? Just kind of blaming me for your actions. Kind of victim blaming. I didn't I didn't make you do anything. Yeah, you did all that shit yourself, bitch. <sighs> <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> Leave Taylor Swift alone. I'm sorry. She was accusing me of shit. That's true. She accused you of making her do things. Oh, yeah. God, that sounded <laughs> <laughs> dirty. Uh, what really? else came out that year? There was actually, man, 2017, pretty good year for music, not going to lie. Basement released Beside Myself, which is personally my second favorite Basement album. And I ended up listening to the whole thing when I was making this. And then I listened to the whole album of Color Me and Kindness after that. So, Of course. How could you not? Just because. Uh, Code Orange released Forever, which to me is the last Code Orange album. Uh, 18 Visions released 18, which was their return after a very long hiatus and an even longer time of not making music that I wanted to listen to, but they came back making music that I liked. Uh, Some Texas fellas here, Kubla Khan released Nomad. I Am. They did? They did. I Am released Life Through Torment. Since we're since we're talking Texas, Hollowed Out released Life Among the Lifeless. Yes, and Ballista released a demo that had a tone boot heel and cleanse on it. I think 2017, not to say that either of us were necessarily a big part of it, but Texas kind of started blowing up that year. A couple of other big albums that I know I and we, you know, guys in the band and people I knew were really listening to a lot were Sounds of Loss by Orthodox and Pain Again by Varials. Heavy music was very big, at least underground Cute. heavy music, in 2017. Gosh, 2017 feels like forever ago and a minute ago, you know? Yeah. I look at the artwork for the Atone Boot Heel release, mm-hmm. and it's us standing. Uh, I remember we took this outside of a show we played in Louisiana uh, with you guys, actually. I think you played as well. And uh, I was like, man, that does not feel that long ago. <laughs> I think the doesn't feel like that long ago thing is because in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't that long ago. No. The uh, feels like forever ago, it's because last year felt like 10 years. That's true. And a lot has changed in that time. And we've released more stuff since that time. Yeah. You look at that, that Atone Boot Heel release and two of the members shown in that photo, not even including myself, are still in ballista (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was definitely a different band yeah it was a it was a very different band and and honestly i think i i think i lived through two phases of them that phase and then when cotc released i think that was a very different sound as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but now some of the stuff that they're recording now even more different so like there's about to be a third phase of ballista yeah but that's how bands work they evolve and you know we have now 47 episodes of a podcast uh that very much show the evolution of a a band yeah and shows the evolution of a podcast because we were way more concise in the early days maybe true 
I think we've got. I think more we're having we're more having fun now. Fun. Yeah, I think we're having yeah. a little more fun now. Hopefully, 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 the people that are like, "Hey, been listening to your show. We, I'm, you know, 10, 15, 20 episodes in. I really like it. Once they get to thirty and forty episodes in, they're gonna be like, "What is this shit? Is this even about music anymore? <laughs> it's a, all they do is talk about fucking donuts all the time." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2017, let's talk about what Psychopathic did in 2017. So 2017 was a huge year for Psychopathic in the sense that 17 is a significant number. So they tried to make it a big year for fans. They, they put out a lot of sort of put out a lot of stuff. I think they had planned to do more and different things, but you know, they released several albums. DJ Clay put out the Sideways Room mixtape. Shaggy 2 Dope released FTFOMF. Uh, ICP released the incredible collectible collection worthy of an erection. Uh, Light released Psychopathic Monstar EP. ICP released the Great Malenko 20th Anniversary Edition. 20 years. That's crazy. And they also yeah, released... Uh, they released a various artists like label sampler called Bloody Screams of 17 that had uh, a basically, I don't want to say it was like a psychopathics from outer space, but it's a little bit like that. It has, you know, team ups and individual like artists from the their psychopathic roster, a bunch of different songs. So, hell yeah. Yeah. I want to make a quick correction from the previous episode. In the last episode, we said that there were no proper ICP albums released in 2016, 17 or 18. And I don't know if this counts as a proper album, but we will be reviewing in in the 2018 era uh, an EP called Willoughby Rags Magical Bag of Poop. It's not labeled as an ICP album, but they are ICP songs when you look at the tracks. It was a free giveaway at the gathering in 2018. So they technically did release some ICP songs. How could we have forgotten about Willoughby Rags Magical Bag of Poop? <laughs> How could we have forgotten? Let's get to our review here. Yes. Obviously, when we get to our review, what does that mean? For me, it means I finally get to talk about songs that I listened to over the past week. I think that also means the same thing for Eric. Yes. But before you can properly review an album, Eric, would you agree that we need to know a little bit background info on it? I think it would really help. I think it would be useful to have some context here. I think it would be useful as well. So with that being said... Eric, I know you gathered some nuggets of info. I have. Hit us with them. Yeah. So uh, if you did not listen to our last episode, which is called 2016, A Shitty Year for ICP, go back and listen to it before you listen to this part, because it will make all of this make some more sense. There'll be some framing that is missing if you don't know what we said in the last episode. Just pause here. We'll wait. One hour and 45 minutes later. Okay, now that you've listened to that episode, let's get into this album. Uh, This album, Fuck the Fuck Off, Motherfucker, was first announced in December of 2015 with a release date set for 2016. Sort of a nebulous, it'll be released next year. In Mm. an April 2016 interview with FagoLovers.net, if you haven't checked out that website, go check it out. It's Lovers with a U, not an O. Violent J said that Shaggy had been writing and recording the new album with Otis, a.k.a. Young Wicked, uh, and that Mm. Violent J had no involvement in it. During ICP's seminar at the uh, gathering, 
that year, it was announced in 2016, it was announced that fuck, they gave the title, Fuck the Fuck Off Motherfucker, would release in 2016, later that year, and Shaggy was going to perform a solo set on the first day of the Juggalo Day weekend, which was going to take place uh, on February 17th and 18th of the following year, 2017, this year that we're talking about now, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Now, he was originally scheduled to perform that solo set, but because of the falling out with Young Wicked, which we talked about in the last episode, they scrapped all of his tracks, brought in DJ Clay, and basically said, start from scratch and produce the entire album over again. Which... Right understandably resulted in the album being delayed because of this and all the shit that went down with twisted and magic ninja entertainment being removed uh, from that juggalo day event just a month before it happened shaggy solo set was canceled i've got to say though i really want to hear those original young wicked produced tracks i wonder how far in they were had to have been pretty close to done considering the timeline oh yeah oh yeah i would love to hear that yeah, they must be somewhere. Uh, I'm curious about it. So the album finally released on May 26th of 2017, and it performed pretty well. It reached number 73 on the Billboard 200, which is like the legit Billboard everything chart. That's not even just independent mm-hmm. albums, but it did hit number one on independent albums and number 36 on the top album sales chart. So by all means, a successful release. Shaggy did do a short solo tour. It looks like only a week or two to support the album in February of 2018, the following year, which coincided with Juggalo Day 2018. And then I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it looks like in 2018, both Shaggy and Violent J went on individual solo tours in late 2018 and early 2019. Shaggy, in support of his album, he went out with Ouija Mac and Violent J went out with Esham and they met up at Juggalo Day Weekend 2019 in New Orleans, where they both dropped new solo EPs, Gloomy Sunday and Brother. Now, another quick correction. In the last episode, uh, I, via a computer-generated voice, said that the final Juggalo Day event was in 2018, which is not correct. There just isn't a lot of info out there about it, but I did Mm. see on Riddlebox.com, be there is there was an event in new orleans in 2019 and because of 2020 being a complete shit show it was a month-long virtual event so juggalo day did not end in 2018 i was wrong so there's that please note this error has been corrected and the file for episode 46 has been replaced that means this correction is only for the og first week listeners whoop whoop now I know we're ahead of ourselves. We're talking 2018 and 2019, but that's because that's when the fuck the fuck off motherfucker tours took place, which is really odd that there was such a big delay. But bring it back to 2017, we should mention the Juggalo March and Free concert, which took place on September 16th, 2017. There is tons of artists that performed there from psychopathic and outside psychopathic, but nobody from Magic Ninja Entertainment because... Well, yeah, a mess. But it doesn't seem like that march had any meaningful impact on the FBI, who, as far as I can tell, continues to classify Juggalos as a loosely organized hybrid gang. And if you ever want to have your mind completely fucking blown, you can go on Wikipedia and there is a list of recognized Juggalo gang subsets. And here's some crazy stuff. Many of them are subsets of larger gangs like the bloods and the crips 
Apparently, juggalo gangs are very common on Native American reservations. And we even found a couple of strange juggalo gang subsets in this list uh, out of Texas. looks like the prison system that are affiliated with the KKK and Aryan Brotherhood, which I don't know if you've ever listened to ICP, how those two things go together. But I'm not saying ICP endorses this. But there are a shitload of Juggalo gang subsets out there. Yeah, uh, a shitload indeed. I can't believe there's some that are affiliated with the KKK. What? Like, what? Right? It makes no sense. That being said, I know that I'll have scary people to protect me in prison if I ever go to prison (laughs) in Texas. Uh, People that I don't want to associate with at all whatsoever. You know, but I can say, hey, man, I run an ICP podcast. I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I don't, I just don't know how those things fit together. They don't. They don't, I don't fit I don't get it at all. No. No, fuck that. Say, this, that's the thing. I hope they don't listen to the podcast. They just take it for my word because we talk about how ICP is amazing about talking about shitty people like them. <laughs> right. Um, I can't imagine if if they're in the prison system and they're like, hey guys, the new episode of ICUP with We came out. Let's all gather around and listen. And we're talking about how they're killing KKK members and uh, fuck racists and all this stuff. They're probably like... Oh just, man, they just have pictures of our <laughs> our heads up in the rec room and they're just fucking tossing darts at us, baby. They, they've got pictures of our faces on the punching bags in the workout yeah. room and they're just punching away. Oh man yeah we we might have a death sentence on our hands oh well oh well it it is what it is at this point you know yeah hey i'm fine with if that's if that's what does me in and it's over that cause fine i mean i would i I wouldn't be yeah if it was something that i was standing for you know obviously i'd rather not die no rather not but you know if i died for for my uh, principles and beliefs that uh, the KKK is bad and racism is wrong. I guess there's worse things to, you know, die for. There's definitely worse things to die for. And I think you and I would both rest easy knowing that we died for a good cause. Right. With that being said, it's time to get into our review. Yeah. Can you believe it? Uh, We're going to start off by how we always start off. And that is our thoughts on the album cover. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead and click this good old Discogs link. Do it. And I'm looking at it. I'm Well, right now I'm accepting cookies. Right. Now I'm looking at it. Wouldn't it be cool if when you accepted cookies, you actually got cookies? I It, it pisses me off that that's not the case. Hey, we'd like to send you some cookies. Will you accept them? Like, fucking yes. Yeah, no, I will. I will take them. Looking at this, it's very artistic. It looks like it's like uh, graffiti, like spray. I don't want to say graffiti because it's not really graffiti, but it's like, honestly, what it looks like, it looks like you go into an art teacher's room that has had the same like art table for like 50 years. And this Mm. is just all the residue from all of her, you know, projects. Oh, I pictured a male art teacher. Oh, I did. Did you have a male art teacher growing up? I had both male and female art teachers. Okay, I, I I only had female art teachers growing up. Oh, well, then let's just be non-gender specific and call it they they have paint. They all have over. yes, paint all over. Yeah, you know yes, what I, I that's said about what this that background looks like. I said the background 
has a bit of Jackson Pollock going on. Ooh. Who, for anybody listening that's not familiar with Jackson Pollock, is a a, a well-known sort of modern art icon that uh, is created art by splattering different colors of paint on a canvas rather than, yes. you, know, you know, taking a brush and painting or something like that. Sorry, Miss Jackson Pollock. I am for real. The background is interesting. Yes. Then we have um, Shaggy, who uh, is it's not a photo. It's him, uh, a painting of him that looks very nice. He's wearing uh, some Tims. He's wearing uh, some Hatchet Man boxers. Not boxer briefs, boxers. Straight up regular boxers, yes. Good old OG classic regular boxers, as well as oven mitts holding two hatchets, and he's wearing a silver hatchet man chain around his neck. I kind of like this album cover. Yeah, I think it's rad. I think it's a great image. I don't know if they're oven mitts. I just pictured it to be gloves, but it would be hilarious if it was oven mitts. Oh, they. I don't know. They look very midi to me. Yeah, might be. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> they, yeah, they look look oven mitt esque. I just thought they were like uh, work gloves. Like I, could, I, could, I mean, I could totally see that too, though. Yeah, looking at them. Although I don't see any fingers in it. Well, he's got fists around his hatchets, so I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't paint in the detail. You're right, Shaggy. Let us know. Is this supposed to be oven mitts or uh, work gloves? <laughs> also, send us a picture of your nuts on Twitter. Donuts. Donuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I. they got all of his tattoos on him. He's painted very well. I mean, it's extremely cool. well. Yeah, it looks like they uh, took a photo and maybe even painted over it. I can't tell, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lettering for Shaggy 2 Dope and FTF OMF looked like it was it, their stencils that were put down and then spray painted. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really look... They, they look like they're spray painted white, but... There's red haze around it, like it was trying to be spray painted red. So maybe this, these are the stencils. They haven't lifted the stencils up. I think it might just be uh, because they're added in digitally and they can put whatever haze color they want around them. Well, right. They look cool, though. Yeah, they look they cool. Look good. They look good. I think it's a very cool cover. It's It grabs your attention. It's super colorful. Uh, it's, it's well put together. The one thing I hate is that under the CD, there's this like triple middle finger thing that's like photoshop where the pinkies are merged together into a third yeah. middle finger and that really uh i don't, something about that is really weird to me but yeah I don't, I don't like that one too much honestly but it's under the cd so i'm not yeah. gonna knock it too much right cover art by gary alford i don't know gary alford me neither but uh Gary, good job. You did you did a good job on this yeah. one. Yeah, I think yeah, uh the back and the inside, I mean, it's kind of just same background in uh yeah. You know, words. You know how it goes. I, I think overall for what this is, I think this is a good album cover. I enjoy it. I agree. Yeah, I thought it was good. Perfect. Well, hey, uh without further ado, it's time to go track by track. Are we ready for that? I'm ready. Personally, I am also ready. Oh, good. So, guys we have 16 tracks one of them being a bonus track apparently it is a bonus track not on the uh, original cd the physical release and i'm gonna let you guys guess guess along with us don't don't look it up what track number one is called you're right it's called intro <laughs> it is called intro 
I thought this was a, a cool intro. It's it's basically two people talking and they find something. They're like, what's that shiny thing in the mud over there? It looks like a cassette tape. Hey, I have a tape player in the house. Let's go see what's on it. It's it's very short. It's not super long. I think this was a cool intro because growing up and even throughout my life, not so much anymore, but I think I used to see it commonly, uh, you know, a tape or a CD on the side of the road and wondered what it is and why it's there. Um, so I could totally picture somebody picking it up. And I did one time with a CD, picked one up off the side of the road and it was scratched yeah. up and stuff, but I played it. And I think it was like uh, Jay-Z or something like that. It was weird. But I think this worked pretty well. It's It it, it doesn't set up like a, a theme that's running through the album or anything. It's just a standalone intro. And I thought it was cool. What'd you think? I thought it was great. I do have a similar story about finding a CD. I was back when I was working at Vans, I was working in the stock room and I found up on one of the top shelves of the stock room, this burnt CD and it was blank. It didn't say anything on, on the, the cover of it. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I took it and uh, I put it in my car on my lunch break. Turns out it was uh, just a burnt CD of thy art is murder. Oh, weird. <laughs> Ah, which which one is it? Oh, it was um, it's one of their older ones. It was, I believe, Infinite Death. Yeah, yeah it was Infinite Death because it had a uh, whore to a chainsaw on it. <laughs> it was an yeah, it was an EP. It it was Thy Artist Murders Infinite Death EP that was released in two thousand eight. I randomly wow. found a, a burnt copy of it in the stockroom at Vans. <laughs> so that that seems about right. I'm going to tell you this is off track but it's worth telling this story because it's so bonkers. Yes. Uh, I don't know where to start this because I don't want to give anything away, but I uh, I used to work for a retailer. I worked in the stores and uh, mm-hmm. worked my way up to working in... Censored. And one of the people there told me a story about something that happened in a store. There was a store where uh, the, the, the manager was being abusive and, you know, sort of belligerent towards some of the associates. And it ultimately got this person fired. Well, when they went Mm -hmm. in to clean out his office and get ready for the new person to come in, they found a very disturbing box up on a shelf. Now, in the back room of all of these stores, there's a shrink wrap machine to shrink wrap censored and things like that. This person had been shitting in the shrink wrap machine, shrink wrapping the shit and keeping the pieces of shrink wrap shit in a box what up on earth in the office. <laughs> what on absolute earth? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, that's a how real am thing. I just now hearing about this story? That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, Holy and, shit. Me and Dave used to talk about it and joke. And if you say Shadildo to Dave, he'll know exactly what you're talking about because we, we were like, what were they doing with them? Were they, using them as dildos or what was you know so shadildo became a term fucking insane that's that literally just made my morning that's a such a fucking weird story (laughs) but could you imagine being the person like okay go and clean out the office and be like what the fuck what is this and then cutting one open and being like oh no that's definitely shit that's human shit yeah that's fucking great (laughs) all right moving on so that intro track leads right into track two. They hit play on the tape they find, and it starts playing the song, Tell These Bitches. So why don't you tell us bitches what you thought about Tell These Bitches? 
I'm going to tell you bitches what I thought about tell these bitches. So the intro beat kicks in and I thought, man, this is a, this is an interesting beat. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this, but man, once he hits the flows, I mean, you can tell this is going to be a high energy album all the way through, right? Save one song that we'll get to later. It was be a high energy album all the way through. And, and this is, I mean, what we've come to expect from when he did fuck the fuck off. Right. Right. When he did fuck off, this is Shaggy doing what he does best. And that is hard flows over an active beat. I don't know if I was so sure about this beat in particular, but when the flows kicked in, it worked well, except for the bridge was God awful. I have that note too. Holy shit. Okay. I'm glad. Yeah. So there's a bridge at the end that just, I mean, I really wish they would have just done the chorus twice and then outro. Yeah, It's like a robot voice vocoder thing. And it feels like it goes on for much longer than it should. Right. 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 So, so this song is basically, uh, I, I, I liked it. I think I, I liked it. I don't think it's the strongest track on this album, but I think that it set it up nicely. Yeah. So I don't think I love this beat. However, that keyboard uh, riff that starts it off is very memorable. I, I can think of what this beat sounds like. It's got a bit of an like 80s thing going on to it with a little you know 90s mixed in. Uh, and I was surprised to see that uh, FTF OMF was not the first actual song. I would have figured it would go intro straight into that. But I understand why they chose this one. I think this is a good first song. I don't love this beat. However, the way Shaggy lays down the flows on this one is hmm. just top tier. Like, this is some of his best work. And he's doing different stuff, interesting stuff, not just straightforward, you know, ride the beat, but like changing it up. And I thought his flows here were pretty standout. There's also a line where he says he won't drink your Kool-Aid. And there's also a song later on the album called Electric Kool-Aid. So that's double Kool-Aids on this album. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is. I noticed that as well. That is double Kool-Aids. Double Kool-Aids. Uh, and then at the end, there's a skit that leads into the next track that's just, uh, I assume, DJ Clay, since there are no other artists listed aside from one song with Violent J. And I think everything that's not Shaggy is DJ Clay on, on these songs. But basically saying, you know, what do you think about all these people and what they're saying? What do you have to say to them? And Shaggy basically starting the next track by saying, you know what I think they can fuck the fuck off motherfucker. And that brings us into FTF OMF. What are your thoughts? I, you know, I think the way it starts is fine. That baseline from the song, fuck off and the song, fuck the fuck off is back. But of the three tracks, I think this is the one that uses it least effectively for me. I don't love this beat. And although it was cool to hear that recognizable baseline, uh, it gets a little bit lost. My favorite part of the song is when they play all of those uh, samples from old tracks that Shaggy, like a bunch of his quotes. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was really weird. After the bridge, they, they go into another verse and there's like a horn section playing, which feels so out of place in the song. And I think that this beat is just unnecessarily busy to me. I, I, I don't know. I, I think they took a, a fun bass line and beat and made it less fun. And the track is okay to me. What did you think? 
Yeah, I um another high energy beat. Obviously, it's it's a recall of the previous two uh, title tracks on his last two solo releases. I thought the hook. I, I did not like the hook. I thought the hook was kind of garbage. Yeah, because it's um, the hook is like um, most of you can fuck off. Some of you can fuck the fuck off, and everyone else can fuck the fuck off, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's a way to write a song uh, that's a third installment called "Fuck the Fuck Off, Motherfucker" uh, and not be so edge lordy about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a way to do that, and I don't think he found that way. But it doesn't. I mean, oh, I overall enjoyed this song. Don't get me wrong; I didn't hate it. But I think that there are some def- definite bad parts that could have been reworked. So the the flows are incredible. I mean, and that's something you've heard us talk about on everything that, that he does solo is the flows are incredible. Yeah. Consistently through this whole album, he, yeah, oh is, yeah. he is on it, like nails it every time. He also has a line. I, I need to... He has a line where he's talking about the money he made from psychopathic and it definitely seemed pointed at twisted. And I think it did just cause I have all this previous knowledge, but it definitely seemed pointed at twisted. <laughs> That's it's possible because there is a song later on this album that is not, definitely it's not subtle. Yeah. It's, it's not very subtle. Much, a, yeah. A, a twisted diss track. They stop short um, of saying twisted, but that's about, I mean, it comes it's that's very the, much yeah that's that. the only subtlety that there is yeah 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 no this song uh overall was a decent song yeah it's and, a fine and song. i'm still at this point i'm still in it i'm still excited for this album yeah yeah nothing nothing terrible here so let's move on to track four this one's called two dope spelled t-o-o and i spelled that out because that is uh, apparently one of the focuses of this song what were your thoughts on two dope man okay so they have an intro dj uh clay and shaggy too dope where dj clay is like so it's t-w-o and shaggy's like nah man and he's like oh so it's the number two in the word dope it's like not this time guy uh t-o-d-o-p-e and he says get that shit right finally dj clay then it's got to be t-o-o-d-o-p-e and then the 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 shit kicks in and as soon as everything kicked in it had me so hype uh because because shaggy basically continues that conversation by saying yep and i'm stomping walking in my wore out lugs representing all the gutter ass street hard scrubs and dude i was just like fuck yeah (laughs) like this shit had me so hype at the beginning the beat was fucking sick the flows were too dope uh Uh, (laughs) and uh man he has this line uh i think it's towards the end but he has this line about uh, dyslexia that I thought was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a line about he, he goes to spell too dope and spells it like backwards or something. And he says he, he basically is like dyslexic, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In the song, like cool, that's cool. a moment where you're like, oh, that's cool, dude. And then he has an Uncle Buck line in the song and then he ends it with like a, such an amazing scene from the movie uncle buck yeah which is one of my favorite yeah yeah, which is like my favorite john candy film yeah so like i was just top to bottom dude i fucking loved this song yeah no i thought it was cool (laughs) 
I think, like, I did not love this beat. However, the way they integrated that Easy E sample in the hook, I thought was awesome. Uh, I'm not sure I got the whole, like, spelling thing at the beginning, but it was kind of funny. You know, I listened to the, these first three songs, and this is... I don't want to say what Shaggy does best, because it's, I think... Uh, Best consumed in small portions, but these first three tracks, well, technically four if you count the intro, are straightforward rap tracks. There's not really a mm. theme or story. This is rap for the sake of rap. This is where I'm from and brags about, you know, who I am and what I've got. And it's, this is one of the things that shows his early influences. And I don't think that they're necessarily hugely standout songs, but all three of these set the pace for what shaggy does best i think i think so yeah okay i get that for sure well hey that was too dope and by the way for anybody confused out there it's spelled t-o-o-d-o-p-e right we have another song coming up like i said i have to just mention it one more time the motherfucking uncle buck outro talking about a hatchet was fantastic that leads us into a song called the knife what do you got funny that there's a sample about a hatchet leading into a song called the knife because this song could have easily been called the hatchet and been about a hatchet there's nothing that yeah. binds it to being about a knife uh, but as the title suggests this song is literally about his knife which he personifies as his uh bitch and describes it as having the characteristics of a woman at one point he even talks about trying to fuck it but says he doesn't want to shred wood <laughs> um, <laughs> uh the song is you know relatively short the beat is just fine i i this i i guess i don't have a lot to say about this one there wasn't a whole lot of additional meaning or anything deeper to it to me uh unless there is and i just haven't noticed it but i thought this song was okay what did you think I thought this song was pretty good. The beat was sick. The flows were sick. Overall, I think it was a good song. It was weird hearing him. Yeah, I mean, he had some good lines that, like you said, right? Right. One point talks about having a toxic relationship with his bitch with his knife. It, and it's actually right before I'd probably tap that ass if I could, but best believe I ain't trying to shed wood. You know, it's funny. It, the, I think the most standout part about this song isn't the song itself, but it's the the outro sample at the end. And that is a quote from uh, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm, I, you know, I've never watched it, but I'm familiar with Trailer Park Boys. Cool. So the, the line is, I got out of jail and tried to start things off on the right foot, but you wouldn't do that, would you? So I'm going to pay you $100 to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was fuck after... off samples on this album. Oh, absolutely. This just brief synopsis was after Ricky gets out of jail, but before he went in jail, he had a, a they had a massive score. I believe it wasn't a robbery. I believe it was a uh, drug deal that they did a massive drug deal. So he had a shit ton of money coming out of jail, but it made this line made me think something that I should have thought months ago. Would, would Ricky from trailer park boys be a juggalo? Would he be a fan of ICP? Guys, if there's anybody that is familiar with Trailer Park Boys that wants to give us your thoughts on it through email or on Twitter, give us your thoughts because I want to know, like I genuinely want to have a discussion about this with somebody. I think he, he, Ricky would 100% without a doubt be a fan of ICP. Well, all right. we'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about it on the interwebs. We can even uh, have a brief discussion if I get anything back 
next episode. But let me know if you're out there and want to and, and, and have a differing opinion or have more to support this. I want to have this conversation. You want to hear something interesting, uh, related, yes. unrelated? Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Eric Andre, and he just did one of those. Uh, I don't know who does it, but the Google autocomplete interviews. Have you ever seen those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was doing one, and one of them was is Eric Andre, and it said a juggalo, and I was like, what is he gonna say? And he was like, is Eric Andre a juggalo? You better believe I'm a juggalo. ICP for life. Shout out to uh, Shaggy 2 Dope and Violent J. I also like Slipknot, I'm going to be honest. I know there's like a beef. I hope they squash the beef. And I was like, is he fucking around or is he serious? But it seemed pretty serious. Damn, Eric Andre is more fucking cool than I thought. And I, I already thought he was pretty fucking cool. He's, he's pretty great. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's dope. Um, so, well, yeah, that's my thoughts on the knife. Not much to say, but it was a it was a good song. We had things to say about stuff that had nothing to do with the knife. Uh, exactly. Let, let's move on to track six. This one's called "Tonight I'm Yours." Uh, talk to me about this one. So at this point, this is yet another very high energy song, right? I don't think so. I so I I don't know. I kind of felt it. Maybe the content matter. Yes that yes isn't isn't high energy but the beat and the way he delivers the lines are i think opposite i think the subject matter seems to be kind of intense but there's oh it's definitely intense there's something chill about it but this song is about how tonight i'm yours is is him him kind of slipping into his inner demons and just letting them take control which honestly my inner demons might be way less harmful than his but I've had nights where I'm like, you know what? I'm leaning into this. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I get it. It's happened to me before. I understand. I thought this song was was super cool. I really think I needed uh, I, I need a break from the high energy beats at this point in the album. Uh, I put that note down. I wanted to say I really need a break from these high energy beats. Eric, I know you don't necessarily agree about this beat being high energy, but it's okay. Flows were tight. Beat was fine. The subject matter was was cool, in my opinion, uh, although a little dark. What were your thoughts? The, the first thought, and maybe this is where I'm saying doesn't seem as high energy, is because it starts out with this sort of weird singing, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I understand the singing. It's got this Rastafarian kind of accent inflection, this sort of island thing going on. Uh, with that said, I don't think it sounds bad, but if there is an original version with Young Wicked singing on it, which I highly suspect exists, I would love to hear that because I think mm. personally that it would be better. Since there are no additional artists listed on the album, I have to assume this is DJ Clay singing, but I don't know that. It could be anybody. But I, I actually, I like this beat pretty well um, compared to some of the other ones. I think this is one that I like a lot. And like you said, the song is about the devil trying to take control of, of Shaggy and use him as a tool to kill people or his, you know, internal demons. Uh, but he's struggling to fight against it. And I think it's really clever because the first time I listened to it, I didn't catch this. But when I listened the second and third time, the chorus says the devil is trying to influence me. The devil's taking control. And each time it delivers a line, there's uh, sort of a gang vocal that says no yes no yes and each time the chorus comes up that changes and by the time you get to the end mm. 
he's overcoming the devil's influence and the chorus goes from no and yes to no and fuck no. So he's like fighting it and then he wins it, wins it over at the end. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. I thought it was really well executed. The concept is there. It works. I don't think the singing is quite where it needs to be, but it's, it's notable. You hear it and you go, this doesn't sound like anything else on this album. Yeah, I, th- I think th- I think I kind of just passed off the singing, not even thinking about it, because I'm just used to subbar singing <laughs> on yeah. uh, things that we review lately. So yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, that doesn't sound like any singing that's been on any of their other stuff, though. This no, is definitely no, 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 it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, guys, la- that brings up the next song, a song called "Dickhead." What were your thoughts? I've got a few thoughts here. I think. This is the point in the album where my interest begins to wane a bit because I think all of these beats are starting to sound kind of similar. Now, I'll talk about it more later, but one of the things that stands out most to me is that in the chorus, Shaggy's saying, I'm a dickhead. I wonder if he knows that like three years before on House of Wax, they had a song called I'm a dickhead because the... (laughs) This is this song's called Dickhead and the chorus is I'm a Dickhead and they already had a song called I'm a Dickhead and the chorus is I'm a Dickhead. This song is different though because it describes being a dickhead as randomly killing prostitutes and crackheads and the cashier at a liquor store, which is a different kind of dickhead than the other song. Yeah, this is this, I feel like this dickhead's a little bit more serious. Yeah, way more of a dickhead. Um, <laughs> maybe an asshole even. Yeah, but, I would say this dickhead is turned into an asshole. Yes, exactly. This song is okay. It's not bad. There's a, a quick like interlude sample at the end, uh, again, about the phrase, fuck off. And I feel like I've heard this before. I'm going to guess this is a Scottish stand-up comedian. And it may be noted somewhere, but I didn't look it up. But I thought it was a, a fun sample, like just saying, fuck off. What a, what a statement. I tell you to fuck off and off you will fuck. And I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's not annotated here. I'd also like to go back and revise my joke and say, yeah, this dickhead has penetrated into the realm of an asshole. There you go. Cool. Uh, glad I was able to get that out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I It's not noted anywhere as far as that outro goes, but I did have a note on my notes saying that was a great outro. Yeah. We have some good fuck off samples, and this this is no exception. Other than that, I liked the beat a lot. I think the chorus was super weak on this one. Just the laughing. It just, it feels so like filler-y, you know? It's like, listen, I'm a lyricist. I know exactly how to make something that I can't write anything more about longer. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, eventually, on the stuff that I release into the world, I have had the time to form it into something better. This sounded this chorus sounded like the first version of this chorus. I mean, I don't I don't want to um totally piss on any of these tracks. I mean, if they deserved it, I I would, but there's nothing terrible here, but there are some tracks that read as filler on this album and this is one of them that does to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think this entire track uh is a filler. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad filler. I'm not saying I don't like it. Right. Uh, I'm I'm just saying there's some very weak aspects that don't necessarily hold up when you compare some of the stronger songs on the album to it. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's move on to the next song. The This is the only track 
featuring Violent J. Now, if you listen to Fuck Off or Fuck the Fuck Off, Violent J ends up being, you know, even if he's not a featured artist, on a lot of the songs. This, I think, from what I can tell, is the only place he appears on any of the songs on this album, although he is credited with being a writer on the next song as well. But this one's called Foggin' Up the Window featuring Violent J. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, so this one is definitely a different song than anything else on the album. Can you agree? Yeah, this one is a song that feels like an ICP song, and it doesn't feel quite like the rest of the songs. Exactly. Uh, so the fun fact, this song samples uh, Childhood by Michael Jackson. Mm. And then there's a further line. Oh, I had this listed too. I, I wasn't uh, sure if you were going to catch it. About Dr. Conrad Murray. And Propofol. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Conrad Murray is who who gave Michael Jackson the dose of propofol that ended up leading to his death in 2009. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I caught that on my, uh, I, I gotta be honest, I caught that on my second listen through this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's funny because uh, he says, right before that, he says, have you seen my childhood? That is sampled from Michael Jackson's childhood. Yeah, so uh, this, the, the beat, I feel like, was was a little too thin compared to the rest of the album. And I think that added to the fact that it felt more like ICP than it felt like Shaggy Two Dope himself. But overall, I thought it was an okay song. I think it's definitely another one of the weaker fill, filler tracks. But it's got some good stuff in there. The flows were fine. It's funny, the very first verse... Your lights are on. It's dark in the AM like two. Ooh, which means you can't see me. haha. but I can see you. And then he just talks about how he's looking into the window of a woman's house or apartment jacking off to her. I don't know. Based on that was the a title, good story. He, he told a good story. Yeah. And I mean, their flows are good and everything. I mean, it, it, the song sounds pretty hard. When I first saw the title, my brain immediately went, oh, they're talking about having sex in cars, fogging up the windows, right? Yeah. But it's about being peeping Toms, like you said. And right. it's it's them describing watching women or people through windows, but not necessarily describing what they're seeing, more describing what they're thinking and what their situation is and what they're going to do. And I maybe haven't read deep enough into it, there may be some context about being an observer and being on the outside and looking through a window at people or, or society. There may be some depth to it, but on the surface, it reads as we are uh, psychopaths that are you know, watching people through windows and we're planning to do terrible things to them. So I don't know if yeah. there's something deeper or not, but... I th I, yeah, it was a song that was there. It changed things up by putting Violent J on the track. Yeah, yeah, it definitely changed things up. It was a uh, a palate cleanser, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think it came at the perfect time, which is approximately halfway through, right? Good, yeah. Well, hey, let's go ahead and move on to the next song. And Eric, I'm very happy to hear your thoughts on this one. This is a song called Stretch Nuts, A Legend Was Born. Well, I'll tell you what, I am probably not going to talk about this song in the way that anybody would want me to or focus on any of the positives or interesting things about it. I'll say this, Shaggy has referred to himself as Stretch Nuts on tracks in the past. 
The song is about how long and stretchy his nuts are. But the one thing, and this this takes up the entirety of my notes. I It's all I hear when I listen to the song. One thing I've got to say is there is no excuse for homophobic slurs or homophobic language uh, on an album released in 2017. Yeah. And it's moments like this that make me realize how old school these dudes are. They've been doing this professionally for coming up on 30 years at this point, 27 years since we reviewed their first album. And some of their old habits haven't died. And I still don't, I, I mean, I see that, but I don't think that's an excuse. You can teach an old dog new tricks. People can change. People can learn to be respectful and tolerant. Shaggy's a few years older than me, yes, but I've been around for more than 27 years, and I've listened to rap and hip-hop since then, and I know this isn't acceptable. So it shocks me that this made it onto an album. You know, we have given them the benefit in the uh, of the doubt like in 2001. Yeah. But you can't give them the benefit in the doubt in 2017. Guys, we're talking about this is like, what, four years ago? Yeah, no, not okay. Uh, I'm sure this song is funny and clever, um, and there may be more to say about it, but that's what I have to say about that song. So please um, feel feel free to add to this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was definitely going to note what, what you're saying as well. Uh, there, I mean, there's some funny lines other than that, which was not... I thought the beat was sick. The flows were really good. Man, Shaggy, you keep calling yourself Stretch Nuts. I don't think Stretch Nuts is going to happen, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think this was your last ditch effort to effort to to make it a thing. Stop trying to make Stretch Nuts a thing, Shaggy. I do wonder if there's any truth behind this. Does he have really long stretchy balls? I don't know. Shaggy, send us your nuts. Donuts. No, I mean, but also a picture of your nuts. Yeah, of your actual nuts too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think. Uh, I think. Although it had some clever, funny stuff in there. Yeah, I. It's hate, pretty, pretty for, forgettable. I hate that I let one line drag the song down for me, but I was like, really, really. It, it's just so hard to not let it drag you down. The old, like the more recent releases we get to. Yeah. Every single time, it's like, guys, come on, guys, yeah. come on, Enough guys, come on. Right. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next track. Um, this one is, we mentioned Kool-Aid earlier. This is track 10. This one's called Electric Kool-Aid. Electric Kool-Aid. This beat stressed me out. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on here, right? So he's talking about Kool-Aid in the way of, of Kool-Aid being a drug, uh, being crack, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, they straight up say crack in the chorus, so it's not... Yeah, there's a lot of talk about crack in it. There's um, samples that talk about crack. Yeah, it's, there's yes. sta- yeah. So the song has a bunch of tempo changes, and they're very noticeable. Intentionally, yeah. I think, as a musician standpoint, I think it's cool what they did. What you know, what he did with this song. I think this song gave me fucking anxiety. <laughs> um. Not much to say other than that. The beat was was stressful a little bit. The tempo changes, although in theory were cool, were very abrupt and and very noticeable, even to the point where I think they might have been too noticeable. Kind of forgettable. Another forgettable song, in my opinion, though. I don't think this one's forgettable. I think this is a standout from the rest of the album because there's nothing else on here that sounds anything like this. But I don't know that that makes it good. I think that this as an art piece to accomplish a a goal works. But as a song that's cool to listen to, I don't think it is. 
I agree with you. It's busy. It's stressful. I think it's supposed to be. One -hmm. thing that really stood out to me, though, to elaborate on some of the things we touched on earlier, when I hear electric Kool-Aid, I think of acid. Because there's a well-known book from the 60s called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. And it it leans Mm. into 60s drug and hippie culture, and it's about doing acid. But this song is about crack. And I've never heard somebody refer to crack as electric Kool-Aid. Maybe they do. I don't know. But like you said, there's like the the hook has this distorted voice going crack, 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 and a sample saying hit the crack. And then there's a sample at the end with Google Assistant describing what crack is. And it alternates between these slow and sober portions when he's trying to get crack and then super hyper when he's getting high. It's it's kicking in, it's kicking in. And then he comes down and the music slows back down and he's saying, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, just give me this one more hit. And it's it's this up and down. I get what he's doing. I think it's accomplished well. It's not a song that's fun to listen to particularly, but not because it's like heavy. It's just because it's like, right. I see what you did, but it's not, it's not like a, it's this not is palatable. Yeah, this is my bop. This is what I listen to, you know, but I get it. It's almost and, in that sense, almost an interlude for what it is. You know, in that tracking back, I, that is my same thought as an art piece. This works. Yeah. As a song to listen to while you're driving or doing whatever, no, <laughs> it does not work. Um, so I have an appreciation for it. Don't get me wrong. I just, as a song, I think it was not great. Also, the outro is actually credited to Siri on Genius. <laughs> is it? Because that that sounds like Google Assistant to me. But yeah, maybe. I didn't think it was Siri either. I didn't know who it was because I don't have google assistant or whatever but i i knew it wasn't siri yeah I'm <laughs> i thought that was sure. weird pretty i'm but, i'm 99 on on it being Google. yes yeah, no i will i will i will definitely take your word for that one yeah cool well hey that is electric kool-aid let's move on to the next song track 11 don't ask me eric don't ask me my thoughts because i'm gonna ask you your thoughts first oh clever uh so <laughs> After a few tracks that have sort of changed things up musically, I feel like we're back to a very similar beat that made up the first portion of the album. It's fine. I just don't think the beat has a lot of personality. It doesn't stand out to me. This song also doesn't seem like it's about much. Again, it feels like it's pretty much straightforward rap for the sake of rap. And if there's deeper meaning, it's lost on me. I don't think the song is bad. It's just kind of boring. I I really, each time I listen... I, I kind of stopped paying attention by the end of this one. It just didn't stand out to me. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think I actually, I, I wrote, okay, back to normal. Uh, normal being what the first half of the album was, right, right? Right. I thought the flows were as tight as all the other songs. Mm-hmm. I thought the, you know, it worked well with the beat, just like all the other songs. I agree. I don't think the beat was super standout. I thought the hook was pretty catchy in this one. Just don't ask me what I think of you. Hurt feelings, broken bones, healings. We're peeling through loose screws. Don't, don't ask what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. And, and it kind of like ends with like, fuck off, basically. Right. Which I think is funny. Like, don't ask me what I think of you because I really don't want to be mean today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really don't want to. Which is a good concept. I like that. It is. Yeah, it is. I I thought the concept was good. I think that it was just, at this point, 11 tracks in, this song just meshes in with all the other songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's move on to track 12 then. Track 12 is called Celebrate. And are you going to celebrate this track? I'm going to celebrate the fact that this is a juggalo anthem that I actually vibe with pretty hard. Okay. We usually they do these juggalo anthems and they just seem so forced. I don't feel that on this one. I don't feel like there this one was was forced at all. But I mean the chorus obviously juggalos one time, whoop whoop, juggalettes two times, whoop 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 whoop. Like it's you know, it's definitely unabashedly a a song that you play on your way to the gathering, which is what we've said about a bunch of other songs that they've made in the past 15 years. This one works though. This one works. Well, I'll tell you, man. In my opinion. It's becoming more and more common for there to be a very straightforward Juggalo anthem and you to be like, I like this. I think you like the Juggalo anthem songs. I, dude, I th- yeah, you're right, because the last one we talked about, I was like, this one kind of works. And this one, I'm like, I like this song. <laughs> yeah. What was... Uh, Damn it! Juggalo, what was it? Juggalo Party, the one where they go to the park and all that stuff. And then yeah. Yeah, ju- yeah, you yeah. like Juggalo, Juggalo Island. Oh shit! Did I? Yeah, that was your. I oh, think man. your pick for the playlist was. Jungle oh, that's Island. right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm slipping more and more into liking yeah. the Juggalo anthems. I think so, but I I think it's because they're also doing they're also getting better at it. In my opinion, sure. I think sure. they're also getting better at it, and and Shaggy did a great job with this one. I, I'll tell you what. By this point in the album. I was really more than ready for it to be over. I, I just, mm. I, I, this, this, these last two songs, this one and the previous song, I was like, okay, can, can we wrap this up? Um, this beat doesn't do much for me. And I don't feel like this beat really fits the song. One of my biggest issues with this album is that Shaggy needs sort of fun beats. And I don't feel like most of these are fun beats. And this song needed something for me different than what it got juggalos and juggalettes come together and celebrate and yeah there's lots of whoop whoops like you said there's also a sample that's used a few times from we will rock you by queen it's got that stomp stomp clap in it which that part's kind of cool that they put that in there i think it worked well yeah um it's fun i don't i don't think this song was bad i don't think it was delivered bad i just didn't think it was great either perfect makes sense makes sense well, let's talk about the next song. Let's. That is a song called Seven Deadliest. And honestly, I don't think he's talking about the Deadliest Catch, the television show. No, no. And I definitely assumed it was going to be about the, the television show Deadliest Catch, the seven deadliest episodes. I really thought, I it, thought it was going to be a ranked list right. of the seven deadliest catches from Deadliest Catch. But no, it wasn't. It was Eric, not. What was it about? It's confusing what it's about. Uh, when I <laughs> when I looked at the title, I immediately went, okay, Seven Deadly Sins. This is on brand for ICP. That's what they're going to talk about. And the first time I listened to it, I, I didn't catch everything in the verses, but I caught the chorus. And the chorus is, the seven boys are deadly. It's the seven deadliest. And I'm like, what is he talking about? He's not talking about the seven deadly sins. But then when you go back and listen, at the beginning of each verse, they're naming the seven deadly sins as they go. And I'm like, wait a minute. How does that fit with this chorus? The seven boys are deadly. 
then there's there's a woman singing. I don't know who it is, but it's I don't think it's great. It's interesting at the end she delivers um, a hail mary, but in Spanish at the end, and it yeah. sounds kind of mm-hmm. cool. I didn't love this beat. I thought it was pretty boring. Kind of just blended in with the other ones. I really don't understand fully the concept, but I think it's about not giving in to sin and living, the, taking taking the easy way in life. I think I think it just doesn't come together to me. I, I don't know. <laughs> what did you think? Did you make more sense of it than I did? You know, I I genuinely tried this. I actually listened to this song three times. Because I really wanted to try and make heads or tails of it. It's not until you really pay attention that you get that they're, they, in the verse, are calling out all of the seven deadly sins. Right. You, you would think with a song called Seven Deadliest, they would make sure that that is evident, even to the casual listener. It wasn't. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't until my second and third time listening. Oh, yeah, I thought the girl singing, I, don't, I didn't even call it a sing. I called it like a talk sing. Like, it wasn't like, she wasn't belting anything out. She, a, she was definitely reserved. Sing, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like a chill sing. I didn't like it. I didn't either. I was hoping that we would see who performed that on Genius, but it's uncredited, so I, I don't know who it is. Mm. Oh, well. But the, the verses, I mean, the verses are, are dope. Once you make heads or tails of this... The verses, like you, you fully appreciate it. I think this song is a good song. I just think that it took too much work for me to decide that this was a good song. There is a concept there. There are some cool pieces and elements to the song. I just don't think it all came together. I think with a little more time and attention and reworking, it could have been a great song. That's my thought. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I I, I think we are... Uh on it with this one yeah. yeah yeah there's a long sample at the end as well that i think it's talking about gangs and shootings but i'm not 100% cuz i i don't know what it's from so that's that's how it ends it's sort of this long sample coming out of it and then it leads into track 14 really what would have been the last song song on the physical album this one we've got a lot to talk about it's called psychopathic soldier why don't you get us started yeah. Uh lip 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 rap lip. Uh you, you ever hear think that? about that? You ever think about that? Cuz if you were marching in that order, you would be marching in a circle. Yeah. I mean, that would be to using like your your right foot primarily as a pivot foot, right? Right. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, I don't know why you throw the right in there. You like obviously he's calling out lip like once you hear left, you should be stepping on your left foot. Right. Why did why'd you throw right in there? I don't Just know. Just keep going. Lip, 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 lip. <laughs> I mean, I guess it breaks it up a little bit, right? Yeah. I, I, uh, it's weird. This is not the shit that we need to be talking no, about with no, this no. song, we're by the way, on, guys. We're hung up on the wrong this thing. This was not us getting hung up. Yeah, we're hung up on the complete wrong thing. This right here uh, is our twisted diss track 100% talking about going a wall talking i mean it, he's basically calling the soldiers to to shit on people that that go a wall which twisted last year went in in shaggy's opinion a wall yeah right i know it's the whole messy thing and there's blame on both sides but shaggy and 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 uh violent j feel betrayed and it shows in this song yeah 
Uh, and it's not just Twisted. I mean, Blaze and Young yeah, Wicked right, and right. Boondocks are, are all part of that, too. And I think that he's targeting the larger group here. You're right. I shouldn't fo- fixate on just Twisted. It is the larger group of what is now, uh, or what was then, Magic Ninja Entertainment. Right. He has, in the post-chorus, he has this line that I just, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me. Uh, it's just the very last line. Yeah. We give and give and give, and certain bitch-made motherfuckers want to flip the script on us. It's time to slit throats, you fuck-ass bitch boys. I don't like the narrative of, I don't know, it just felt very, like, capitalistic because these guys are like, hey, can we get paid a little more fairly? And they're like, we give and give and give. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt very capitalistic to me. And I, I do, you know, we talked about this last week in the sense right. that ICP really helped to make Twisted a thing. They helped create their persona. They made sure that, you know, for years, anytime they did a track or did an interview or whatever, or tours or shows, they were bringing Twisted along. Like, I think of it in the sense that that is the giving. We give and give and give. And then when Twisted said, hey, we want to be paid fairly, that's them flipping the script and saying, right. they're, they're like, you're biting the hand that feeds you. Now we're going to slit your throats. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We, you're, we've we gone into a big discussion about this last week. Yeah. Like I said, you should have already listened to that episode. We gave you a point in the show where we patiently waited. Yeah. We, Eric cut it down, but we patiently waited about an hour and 45 minutes. We did. It's in, true. in silence. We gave you plenty of time. Um, gave you plenty of time. Especially since I think that episode only runs like what? Hour 15, hour 20. Uh, it's an hour six, I think. Oh, hour six. Nice. Yeah, we gave you 45 extra minutes in case you needed to pause or recharge your iPod Nano. Go to the bathroom, get Um, a drink, do whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. It's just like the the we give and give and give line just kind of like stood out to me like they and I completely recognize that Twisted would not be Twisted if it wasn't for ICP. Right. Right. But you also have to give them some credit where credit is due. Twisted wouldn't be Twisted without them either like without right. twisted right right exactly you know I mean, um and i think artists wanting to get paid a little bit more fair in their position i think was probably fair i probably fair right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. especially being as big as they are and as big as icp is you know it's not like psychopathic couldn't afford to pay them more i don't know maybe i'm talking out my ass but the we give and give and give line just didn't sit right with me other than that this is a hard this song is hard as fuck there's there's a lot of lines that we should probably mention it starts with a drill sergeant sort of shout and return cadence i don't know where you come from loyalty is number one no matter how long you've been down psychopathic wicked clown so it starts right off with that you know you know what this is about yeah five seconds in you know what the song is gonna be about uh, they he goes on to compare the people that have left psychopathic, comparing them to Benedict Arnold, calling them turncoats, and saying you wouldn't have been shit without the hatchet. <laughs> and yeah, there there's another line. Uh, Once upon a time, it was family tight. All of a sudden, motherfuckers broke ride. Psychopathic is a badge of honor. Snatch it off your fucking chest because you're a goner. Which is referring clearly to the Hatchet Man chains and charms uh, that many of the people who are now Magic Ninja artists used to wear. Yeah. And 
you know, then it ends with that line that you mentioned about the give and give and give, and then you flip the scripts on us. This song is fine. The beat works, even if it's not amazing. I like the fire and passion here, but honestly, I'm just not a fan of this beef, and I really don't like hearing songs about it in this way. Yeah. It just, it, it feels disappointing to hear it. I wish it was about somebody else, you know? I mean, at this point, and I feel like a, like most people that are fan, you know, most juggalos are going to, this feels like your parents are getting a divorce. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and rather than it be an amicable divorce, you have one parents that, you know, one parent that's like talking shit about the other parent in, in hopes that it, it feels divisive in hopes to like make them love you more well, and, and start to agree with you and leave you know the other parent in the dust and that's that's uh not a great thing right don't don't put your fans right. in the middle of it don't make them choose or make them part of it like work out it's, your it's, issues it never works out right. the way you think it is it just puts a bad taste in their mouth for you and if they do work shit out this is going to be a song that they're like man i wish we hadn't done that oh yeah oh so, yeah so yeah that's that well that's psychopathic soldiers like eric said the last real song on the album. We have two more. It might be a tumor. It's, it's not, not a, a tumor. tumor. <laughs> uh, one being an outro, then the other one being a bonus track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have approximately 17 things to say about this track each. I'll let you go first. Revolution 17, what are your thoughts? I don't know if I have 17, but the second I heard it, I flashed back to being a kid and my dad playing the white album for me and hearing revolution number nine and thinking, what the fuck is this? And this track is clearly a reference to, in in a way, a remake of the famous Beatles song revolution number nine, where it's noise and reverse looped music with a voice saying number nine, number nine, number nine. And this song is that it's just way too goddamn long for what it is. It's almost five minutes long. Although I guess it's better than the Beatles song, which is like 10 minutes long or something. It's very fucking long. I think this was pretty stupid. I think it could have been resolved and and done the trick in a minute and a half. But, you know, this is where the physical version of the album ended. So I suppose, okay, this was this was how it sort of trailed off and ended. But what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that there's another bonus track after this one makes this just feel like a complete waste of time this drones off way too long 17 is said a bunch of times a bunch of backwards lyrics yo let me know when you're recording so i can say 17 and then flip it backwards 17 is the first one and then there's um he says fuck the fuck off motherfucker sure which is flip backwards which is of course why not what's wrong with him don't know why that's flipped backwards or what that even is talking about there's a baby crying it's just this is such a hodgepodge of like nothing yeah noise and sound it's it's just it's just a like it's so much of nothing that it turns into one massive waste of time 17 17 17 i said what number i didn't catch that in all capitals <laughs> when I wrote down my na- notes. Have, have you have you heard the song Revolution Number Nine? I have not. I don't think I have. Oh, okay. Maybe I have a long time ago. I'm not a Beatles fan, 
and I'm definitely not a fan of that song. So I've I've never yeah I've never been big into the Beatles. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the last song on the digital and streaming versions. This is a bonus track called Aw Shit. Oh shit. Flows were super hard. When the beat kicks in, I think it kicked in great. I think it sounded great. I don't have any lyrics for this song, so I didn't have much to say lyric-wise because uh, I, I, I'm just terrible at fat-thumbing my keyboard whenever I'm typing. Mm-hmm. So I usually like to write the d- lyrics down when I have them in front of me. But I don't. Uh, I think that this is a phenomenal way to end the album. I think, fuck Revolution 17. I never want to hear it again. End the album with this, and it's perfect. Uh, Yeah, I think this would have been better. Uh, It doesn't say featuring DJ Clay, but this is definitely a collab between the two. They trade off in the verses and the chorus. DJ Clay's all over it. It's not even just a feature. It's like the two of them you know, sharing the entire it was a duo thing. Yeah. yeah. It was a duo. Yeah. I didn't think it was better or worse than any of the other songs on the album. Uh, I do think that having him on it, changed it up, gave it a little more character, made it stand out. Just again, I was really ready to be done with the album each time I listened by this point. So I didn't have a lot of notes on it. Yeah. Same. It was a bonus. I didn't have a lot of notes on it either. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fuck the fuck off motherfucker. It Can you is. believe it? Yes. What were your overall thoughts? You know, this album, a lot like Fuck the Fuck Off, is solid all the way through. Shaggy's flows and styles are excellent, but also, much like Fuck the Fuck Off, I'm just not a huge fan of this style and the music overall. It's not something that I think I would really go back and listen to again. I listened three or four times, and each time I got bored part way in. None of yeah. that is to say that the album is bad. It's it's pretty good. I wish it had been a six-song EP. I would have liked it a lot better, I think. And as much as I like Shaggy, I you know, and I think I want Shaggy solo albums, he and Jay need each other for balance. Their best stuff is together. When they do solo stuff, it's rarely as good as when the two of them work together. And this album, to me, further proves that. The only other note I have is that I get it. DJ Clay was under the gun on this one, had to quickly produce it. I don't think that the production or beats are standout or great on this. I think they're okay. I'm just not a huge DJ Clay fan in in general. So, man, I, I, I would love to know what the original version of this album was like, and I wonder if it would be different or better. But those are my thoughts. Makes sense. Yeah, so I agree with pretty much everything you just said. And this, this is coming from somebody who really enjoys Shaggy solo stuff because I, I kind of enjoy this type of, of rap. I kind of enjoy this type of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I think Fuck the Fuck Off Motherfucker is probably the weakest of the three. The Holy Trinity. Fuck Off, Fuck the Fuck Off, and Fuck the Fuck Off Motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely the weakest. I think where Shaggy 2Dope would fit in best is strictly EPs two song demos comp you know p- putting some of his solo stuff on compilation albums i think he's so one track when it comes to his style that an entire album of it you're right every time i listen to this album i, I was bored halfway through yeah and he does um, do some cool change-ups vocally and cadence wise and things but somehow overall the tone and feel and style just it 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 felt the same to me. 
yeah, I think we're we're in agreement. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, our personal favorite tracks. Then I have one standout and a couple that I would be cool with. Same. I think what I about have you? I have one that was an obvious. This is my choice, and then one or two that I'm like, yeah, I I guess I'd be okay with these. Uh, but really, they were a f- several notches below the one that I thought was the best. And my my favorite track, I think even though I didn't love some of the singing was tonight. I'm yours. I think that was a very strong track. Okay. Mine was too dope. Okay. I thought that was strong all the way through. Okay. My, my secondary ones would have been, uh, tell these bitches and fuck the fuck off motherfucker. I just thought maybe it's cause they were early on and I heard them several times, you know, and, uh, but I think when those you're were in a tracks. good receptive mood, right? right? Exactly. Um, that makes sense. Well, hey, let's let's toss on the two faves. Let's toss on tonight. I'm yours and two dope. That let's sound do good. It. Yeah, let's do it. Fun fact: two dope is the second highest played song on the album. Hmm. Tell these bitches being the highest played at four hundred ninety six thousand six hundred nineteen. Two dope at four hundred four thousand three hundred fifty four. Tonight I'm yours is one of nine that did not surpass a hundred thousand plays. No shit. People were one just of about nine. the singles from this one, huh? Or the first track, basically. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, our playlist now has 86 songs. It's six hours and 16 minutes. Holy fuck. Isn't that something? That is something. And I think that these two songs fit very well onto it. Yeah, so I'm excited great. to have them there. Well, now that we did that, it's time to talk Fago scores. Let's hand out some bottles of pop. Bottles of pop, music, beats, lyric flows, skits, and interludes. We had enough to include this. Yep. And vibe at the time of the release. I'll start with music and beats. I thought the beats at best were pretty good. And for the most part, all of them were just pretty good. The only beat that I really had something strong to say about was electric Kool-Aid. Uh, just because it stressed me out and it was just so weird. But but at the same time, that was more of, you know, if you look at it as an art piece, like it should be looked at, it worked. Uh, I went ahead and gave Music and Beats a, a three because although none of them were standout or particularly good or particularly great, rather, they were all pretty good. You know, I went with a 2.5 because I didn't think that there were any great standout beats uh, a couple of them that I liked a little more than others, a few that I liked a little less. But uh, DJ Clay has a style. His beats tend to sound similar, and I'm just not a huge fan of that. Uh, so 2.5. Uh, lyrics and flows. Again, Shaggy's a great lyricist. He's fantastic with the flows. Looking at any song individually, for the most part, you would say this is am- amazing. Looking at it all together, you would say this is a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have to knock him a little bit for that. I actually gave him a uh, a two and a half for this one. Very middle of the road once you put it all together. Wow. Uh, I went with a three for the same reason. I think Shaggy is a great rapper. He's really fucking good. Uh, there's no denying yeah. it. And there were a few places where he really flexed, especially early on where he changed up his styles and cadences. But as you settle into an album, especially one that's 16 tracks long... Uh, even if he's only rapping on 14 of them, it all started to feel like more of the same. And any one of those tracks yeah. taken individually, you'd be like, this is solid. But when you listen to them all together, eh. So I, w- I went with the three. 
Perfect. Perfect. Skits and interludes. Man, I'm glad that we have this one back in. I love scoring this. This is probably my highest score for this this album because I thought that all of the interludes, all of the skits, if you don't count the intro and outro track, which we never really count the intro, so I'm not, and the outro track would bring it from whatever score I have automatically down to 0.5, so I'm not going to count that one either. I gave this a four. I mean, I loved hearing Uncle Buck. I loved hearing Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. The uh, the Spanish Hail Marys was super cool to hear. I count that as a skits interludes kind of thing, as well as uh, some of the other fuck off stuff. And, and even talking about how to spell too dope in the, at the top of too dope, I, I thought was pretty good to start that off. I gave it a four. Yeah. All right. I, I did count the intro because the intro was not in any way a musical intro. It was straight up a skit. Um, that started off off the album, so I thought that was that was good. It was one of a few produced skits. Most of them were cleverly acquired samples, like oh, here's a great yeah. you know that's going to fit here and there. And I thought they worked really well. I like that they didn't try to like do something funny or goofy. They tried to just use things that made sense. I wasn't sure if we were going to count Revolution Seventeen as an interlude. I would go quite low if we counted that yeah. in. But I I, guess, I think I'll go with a three. Perfect. Perfect. You know, honestly, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Five at time of release. Uh, you're looking at everything that was popular back then. Obviously, it doesn't fit with Kendrick Lamar or Lil Pump. No. Or Taylor Swift. But they haven't fit with, with the top Billboard whatever the fucks in a long time they're off there doing their own thing yeah and i think coming off of 2016 being such a bad year for them i think that maybe there's one or two songs that didn't really hit the vibe or maybe even hit the vibe too hard and it's kind of like hey leave us out of this uh in regards to Hmm. psychopathic soldier right i went with a uh i went with a three on this one okay uh, you know, I listen to this album and I think back to Fuck the Fuck Off, where that album had a tone and a feel and it was an intentional like 90s rap throwback. And although there were notes mm. of that in this musically, this album did not have that feel. It didn't have the modern feel that some of the marvelous missing link stuff had it didn't have that throwback feel it had a generic feel to me and i think it missed the mark for me i think it's great that he put something out because there was not a whole lot new coming out there i think in the sense that they were talking about what was going on right now with their beef with magic ninja that might be timely but overall i gave this a two and a half because i just thought it was missing the mark. Understandable. Well, that brings us to a 2.94 Fagos. This is a three Fago release. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, hey, it's time for us to get out of here. It is. It is. To do that. We have some some business to talk about here. A little bit. We're watching a movie, Eric. When the hell is that? Uh, it's going to be 
on April 28th, Wednesday. We're both going to be fully vaccinated by then. Hell yeah. Guys, April 28th, we're going to be watching Big Money Rustlas in the Griscord. You can find a link in the show notes. It has also been tweeted out, so you can find it on our Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, that's where you can find us and talk to us and send us pics of your nuts, donuts, uh, and in Shaggy's case, his nuts. You can also talk to us about anything and everything you want there. Twitter.com. Handle is at ICPWWE. You can also email us uh, if you're more of an email type ninja. ICUPWWE at gmail.com. Hell yeah. Eric, where can we find you personally? You can find me on the internet. You can go to Twitter. Uh, find me at mm. Nuclear is Lonely. Or Ooh. you can check out my website at ericconway.com. Or if you email the podcast, uh, I'll see that too. So you can communicate with me directly or you can communicate with us as a team. Aaron, if they want to find you directly, how do they do that? All of my socials and all that good stuff is at... Uh, my website, AaronLocklear.com. It's also where you can find a link to my merch store and my Etsy store where I sell original paintings. Ooh. I'm also hanging out on Twitch three days a week, twitch.tv slash gristlemedia. More or less, it's usually Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Sometimes I have some Fridays or Tuesdays sprinkled in there. It depends. The schedule, I post my schedule every Sunday evening for the coming week, and that is... Uh, posted in the Griscord. So if you're a part of the aforementioned Griscord, you will see it. Speaking of which, Eric, I had a lovely time playing golf with your friends on stream, uh, and Shmeev joined and played with us. Oh, that's wonderful, Shmeev. It was great. Shmeev also... Uh, shout uh, out uh, watched, Juggalo Judgment. Yeah, Shmeev also hung out and watched uh, Big Money Hustlers with us. That's true. That's that, true. It was quite fun. Good, good at uh, Good at golf with your friends. You know, it's funny, you, you said it, and I know that's a game, but when you said, I had a great time playing golf with your friends, and I was like, you played golf with my friends? Yeah, no, I got I was, all your friends together, and we, we just did a quick 18 holes. Yeah. Wow. That, <laughs> that sounds wonderful either way. Yeah, no, it was a great time. I, lo I love playing uh, games like that, community games like that, on stream every once in a while, and we always have a great time. So if you are into playing games with people, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I am people. I am people. Okay, guys. On the next episode, we're reviewing 2017's The Incredible Collectible Collection Worthy of an Erection. I, I mean, I'll be curious to know if uh, we will both be erect the entire time or if we're just going to go, yeah, no, that was worthy. I could understand it. This is what I'm going to do. When I listen to it for the first time, I'm going to listen to it. If it gave me an erection, I'm going to jack off to completion, <laughs> clean up, and then text you worthy. Okay, I'll do the same. And you do the same. Yeah. Be sure to clean up. No, I have to listen twice. <laughs> I'll clean up after. Okay, okay. So you're just going to sit sit in your mess while you listen to us a, a second time just for a round two? Yeah, because if it's... if it, If... It is worthy of an erection. Good chance I'm going to make more of a mess. Might as well just clean it all up at once. Uh, hey, yeah, you got to batch it all at once. Right. Even if it means sitting in your own cum. <laughs> um, okay, guys. <laughs> with that being said, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We had a phenomenal time 
I did at least. I'll go ahead and let Eric speak for himself on that one. I did. Phenomenal is the word I was going to use. Yes. Phenomenal time. Uh, Can't wait to have a phenomenal time next week. Until then, hang out with us on Twitter or email or in streams. And for Eric, I'm Aaron. Big old whoop whoop out there to everybody. Whoop, 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 whoop. Just go get your donuts. Just go get your donuts. You are gonna go nuts when you get your donuts. Picture a disco beat behind that. With a lot of boos and stuff like that in there. Just go get your donuts. Just go get your donuts. You are gonna go nuts when you get your donuts.